Sent you the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Got it. Ship. Okay. Just make sure. Thank you, sir. So, with the um, headset, do you have any issues with the. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to welcome you all to our 9.30 service this morning. We have been in prayer revival the last few days. We've had our prayer conference, our eighth annual prayer conference. We have heard from the Lord through Reverend Holland and Dr. Marshall and the words that the Lord has given them. And the result of that has been lives have been changed through baptism in Jesus name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Those lives that were born again on yesterday in Jesus name will be changed forever. And uh, so we come into this service with expectation that the Lord, he, he's not changed. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And he loves us so much that he's here to care for our needs today. So whoever walked into the house of the Lord this morning, be prepared that the Lord has met us here. Amen. As I read in the word of God in Revelations chapter 19 and verse 6, I want us to take this uh, scripture to heart. We have our praise team here. They've been giving their all 150% praising the Lord each and every night uh, from Thursday up until now. And it wouldn't hurt for us to stand to our feet and begin to give God praise and begin to back up this praise team uh, with these words. And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and as the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thundering saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent, omnipotent reigneth. Our God reigns and therefore we can give him the highest praise. Thank you. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Sing.
that um, she passed this weekend. Um, he made it up there in time to see her and be able to pray with her um, um, before um, she had passed on yesterday morning. But I tell you this, that this, this is what, if you want a legacy, who Jesus, this is what a legacy is. All the money in the world. President Trump will leave every last one of his children $18 billion. And that might be a good thing to have, right? But I tell you what, before that, I'll choose the Holy Ghost. I'll choose a legacy of praying to somebody at the altar. I'll take the legacy of seeing somebody filled with the Lord's Spirit and speaking hallelujah in a language they never knew before. Hallelujah. To being filled with the Lord's Spirit. But it was a great move. And I was great. It was uh, I was excited to be a part of it, and uh, just to enjoy the word that we received. But continue to be in prayer for Pastor. There will be a funeral service tomorrow um, that Pastor will be preaching in. So just be in prayer. He's going to they're going to post more uh, possibly on our website. But please be in prayer for Pastor as he speaks at our going home service tomorrow, and also be in prayer for his return home. Um, because the enemy is seeking to steal, kill, and destroy. And we definitely want to protect our pastor with prayers. Hallelujah. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians um, chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And I'm not going to tell you. Y'all going to. Last night, I was just telling uh, Reverend Parks that last night I was out for a little while and prepping things and finishing up things here. And then we had to. Um, 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 take you know some of our guests out for dinner and all that um, to make sure they got a meal. And um, the amazing thing is, um, when I got home, I started studying and all this because all of the events and pastor having to leave. Um, pastor was supposed to preach the service this morning, but he had asked me to take this over just because I was the closest minister at that time. <laughs> I was the only one probably that wasn't working on Friday when he called me Friday afternoon, so everybody else right was working. But uh, he was like, Brother Monday's off on Friday, I'll call him. <laughs> you got to be available for the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> and be available for our pastor when we are able to. But um, I told my daughter, I was like, she was like, where you at? It was about 1 o'clock in the morning. I was like, man, I was like, well, to tell the truth, right now I'm hurting because I only have my main scripture. You know, even though I had been praying, talking to the Lord and all this stuff, I had some things go through my mind. I was like, Lord, what do you want? I was like, because I already have plenty of things written up. But he hasn't given me the okay to minister those. But I told my daughter, I was like, yeah, I only have the main scripture. And she was like, oh, well, that's good. That means it will be short. <laughs> so, uh, but we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And we're going to be reading verses 9 through 10. Verses 9 through 10. And the word reads, and the heading on this, I love this, is purity among believers. Right. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, but not, be not deceived. Let me read that again. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's a question mark behind that, right? These were put in by, by us. And I'm going to say us. I'm going to say the church. This wasn't necessarily when they write in Hebrew or Greek. They didn't have punctuations like this. All right? But it says, be not deceived. 
neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. 10. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Reverend Fowler, can you go ahead and pray for this word today? Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. You may clap your hands while you're going down, sitting down. Hallelujah. And to the Lord. And to the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, well, um, I tell you, it's, um, it's something that the Lord is doing mightily um, in this house. Is that as I read this word um, last night, to tell the truth, it probably was the last scripture that I had pulled. Um, I had started with something else. And that's being a little transparent. But the thing is, when I came up and I was thinking about this, and I was like, oh, what do you want us to talk about? He was like, well, deception is running rampant in the world. Many years ago, I wrote a paper when I was in college, when I was in a little business school out here on Post, when I retired from the military about eight years ago. I wrote a paper on, oh, man, actually, this is probably like about, because this is my sophomore year, so this is probably like about yeah, 10 years ago. So I wrote a paper on um, responsibility and media. Oh yeah, yeah, don't start running yet. But what I talked about was I talked about the traditional media, which most of us know who were born in the 70s and before, right? And um, then there's currently we have the social media, which our youths use. About 67%, and this is like a Pew Research Institute, um, when they did a, um, um, when they went out and looked, they went ahead to ask minimum 1,200 people. Sometimes they ask up to about 12,000 people around America, different areas around America, different cities and towns, even small towns, major cities. They ask, well, what form of media do you use for your news? And all of our millennials and all of our um, uh, millennial on down use social media, Twitter, Facebook, all of this, right? 67% get all of their news from that. Also, we have the education system, which today is being deceived and putting things out that aren't so true. I'll tell you this, I know some of us, come on. That's right, I know some of us. I know who, when you, went, when you was in school, there were nine planets. Come on, Pluto was a planet. Yeah, and I didn't find out because of the gap of my education and the time that I got married, which I was a little bit longer in a tooth than most <laughs> when I got married. And then by the time my kids got in school, and literally, I remember my son was in um, elementary school and he was like, yeah, the eight planets. And I was like, son, you're wrong, there's nine planets. And I was like, and all I'm thinking is like some old Star Wars movie or something. I was like, somebody blew up the planet? <laughs> but the amazing thing is that man does not know, but man wants to act like he knows. Because man is looking for power, and when knowledge comes, or there's a lack of knowledge, Man will grab and usurp that power. Now, what we have here is the Lord. Today we have in our church, 
where right here in the scripture, Paul is writing a letter, but we have something that speaks to us 2,000 years later. That these things that 50 years ago, adulterers, idolaters, fornicators, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind, and I don't have time to go through and, and define all of these, but the world has turned these things from being what was evil, today being something that is, mm, at one point in time, it was okay. You know, it's not my house, you know, so why should I worry about it? But today, they're getting a push from the government, a push from the schools, a push from, from, man, you can't even go to a store and shop without somebody pushing something upon you. You know, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not big for strikes and marching and never have been. You know, and I understand right. And if everybody lived the way that the Holy Scriptures, the way that Jesus told us, it wouldn't matter what sex you were, it wouldn't matter what your sexual preference was. It wouldn't matter what side of the socioeconomic block you was on. Everybody would get treated with the utmost respect. But there's a line that is drawn in the sand. There's a line that's drawn in the sand, meaning that we have to respectfully decline to agree. Or let's say this. Let's say, but well, we can agree to disagree on this. But in kind, I'm going to treat you with the utmost respect, and I expect the same. That's right. Hallelujah. I love this because what I want to go toward is this, we do not want to be deceived. Hey, many of us, many of us have people, situations in our family where we run into people at family reunions, we talk to them, we get rekindled. Or maybe one of our closest cousins or something to that effect, or brother or sister. And because of their lifestyle, we try to change our theology. But what happens is we change our theology, and then the next thing you know, we start trying to change everybody else's theology. And that's exactly what we have out in the world. But right here, the scripture tells us, be not deceived. Because the enemy is out there seeking. Now what's amazing is this be not deceived goes all the way back to Genesis. And many of us know the character of Satan. And we know that he's a liar. And that he's a thief. And that he's a killer. And he's your accuser. But the Lord has come that we may be able to have power over the devil to not be deceived. But we cannot not be deceived without being with God's people, without hearing the word of God across the platform, without having somebody check our spirit when something is going on. I tell you what, there's many things out there, and, and you know, unfortunately, and, and I'm, I'm not getting political, I'm not getting political, but the other day, you know, the president fell down. I know everybody's seen that. I know we we gonna chuckle and all that, right? And it's funny. You, I mean, come on. I, I was in the army. When things happen, 
Now, it is funny. When you first see it, it is funny, right? But the deal is, the things people say afterwards, because of, because of what he supports or something like that, or what he pushes. But what we have to remember is that God, remember, Nebuchadnezzar, God allowed him to be in power for his purpose. So just as I support it, and even though I may not agree with it, President Bush, President Trump, President Biden, President... Come on. Because none of them are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. They're fallible men. But we have to pray for them. And it was, it was. I know people look at it, people chuckle and all that. But it's the comments that came afterwards. I was like, man, this is awful. Because Lord forbid something happened to the president, it would affect everything in our country. I'm talking about, I invest in the stock market. And every time something crazy happens, I mean, you'll see a big old deal. Big deal. And I'm like, man, I mean, it's a great time to buy. <laughs> but then everybody I know who I've been rubbing elbows with that we've been talking about, I'm like, oh, this is a good company, that's a good company. And they be like, hey, bro, what happened? What happened? I thought you said this is a good company. Give us some time. Give us some time. You know? But the thing is, we have to remember to keep things in perspective. That I may not agree with someone, but we can agree to disagree. But I want to pray for everybody to be, like Paul said, everybody would be like me. That they would be able to honor the true God. The one that created me. The one that tears to my every knees. The one that loves me. The one that's trying to snatch me out of the pits of hell. The one that wants me to have an eternity with him. And not an eternity in the abyss. What the adversary, because he wants company. That's what it is. What the word is? The old adage, misery loves company. Uh, what about misery for eternity? Eternity is a long time. It's innumerable. And we do not want to be deceived. The enemy has even utilized some organizations that believe in annihilation. Complete annihilation. We're going through revelations right now. This is a shameless plug for Pastor. He's been going through revelations for the past couple of weeks on Tuesday nights. He did, I think, two services here on a Sunday morning. But be here on Tuesday evenings, and we're going through revelations. Right now, I think last book we were in was between 16 and 17. We're kind of jumping around. There's 22 chapters. You want to be here. We don't know how long it's going to be, but Pastor's still going. But be not deceived. Because they have churches and organizations that will tell you that, well, if you don't get to go to heaven, there's annihilation. You will not exist. You won't know what's going on. It's just like, poof, you're going forever. Oh, no, baby. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that you will, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And it says that you will never be able to quench that fire. And we don't want that. And we don't want that for our loved ones. We don't want that for our friends. We don't want that for our neighbors. We don't want that for the bully that knocked us down, slapped us down, teased us about our shoes, about our tough skin jeans. Because <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't, my mama, my parents had the money, but they had no interest in buying me no jabones. <laughs> that like, you get these tough skins. And here goes some patches and everything to fit your knees. <laughs> If we had some millennials in here, they'd be confused. <laughs> but praise the Lord. 
I'm going to want to go ahead and reinforce this because I only have about another 10, 15 minutes. But let us go to Titus 3. And we're going to be reading pretty much all of Titus 3 from chapter 1 all the way through 7. And I just want to go ahead and meander through this as we just refine and define because this is parallel with 1 Corinthians. It's parallel with 1 Corinthians. So in Titus 3, chapter 1, I'm going to be reading, um, right now I'm going to be reading chapter 1. Once you're there, say amen. Amen. All right. And the word reads, and I'm reading from the King James Version, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers to obey the magistrates to be ready to every good work. Wow. Now, I didn't plan it like this, but it just so happened that I kind of got ahead of myself. But what I just talked about, you know, we have what this is talking about. It's talking about being obedient to a rule of law. You know, when I was in the military, my last deployment, I was in the Nineveh province, or as they say in Iraq, Nineveh province of Iraq, which I was on the, um, um, the Syrian border, North Syrian border, Northern Iraq, or I was in pretty much Western, Northwestern Iraq. And um, on that border, I was probably only about maybe 60 miles from Damascus in Syria. But the amazing thing is that rule of law, the main thing that I did when I was there was they wanted ground pounders or door kickers or ground combat operators that already had experience to work with the United States um, um, Corps, Army Corps of Engineers, USACE. And what, who I worked with was the provincial reconstruction team. And what I think was, well, we were helping them to build an infrastructure, teaching them how to do roads and all this stuff. And I was just like the background guy that oversaw the projects, schools, buildings, things such as this. I was there to, to help facilitate getting money for the rule of law for their courthouses. They had a border, right? Which over there, we just defended a border. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why it's so difficult. But over there, we, they had a border that they didn't want the Iraqis and the Syrians going back and forth for, for the smuggling, not just of arms, but the big thing was cigarettes. Of all things, because they wanted to tax it. That's government. That's what they do it for. It's, it's, it's not to be good or righteous, but it's for taxes most of the time, right? Not get political. But I say all this. I say all this to say this. That the rule of law, you cannot have an entity, an organization, a family, a church, local government, state government, federal government without rule of law. There has to be a rule of law. But right here, with Paul, when he wrote this letter to Titus, which Paul, Titus, and Timothy was like the crew of the posse that... Timothy and Titus was traveling with Paul, and Paul said, as he's going, he's like, all right, I'm the bishop, and I'm traveling. We're building and establishing churches, as Elder Wilson did when he started a church up in Rome, and they came down here and started this church. Hallelujah. And as he went along, he was dropping these men in different places to be bishops, to overwatch, to set up. Because what they had was city churches. You had a location here, location over there, but it was all one church, which is how we need to be thinking, right? Hallelujah. Church next door, 
Preach the same thing we preach. Same thing. How do I know? They haven't been in a visit. But we didn't have some great men and women of God that have been members of that church as Jews. And now there are some of them are ministers. Some of them have been pastors of churches in foreign lands. And they say they preach the same exact thing. But it's how we minister to our cultures, to our diversity, to all the people, with love, with respect. And not saying that anybody does anything intentionally, but sometimes it just ends up like that. But when you're in a city like our town, you got to have, if you don't, if we don't have the diversity, it's kind of hard to really pull and accept, you know, what we're really teaching. Are we really ministering with love? Are we really sitting up there focusing on just saving souls as the Lord wants us to? Hallelujah. But be obedient to the rule of law that is not adverse to the witnessing of the gospel. All day long, I do what everybody tell me within the rule of law. Until they tell me, for example, when I told my daughters about six years ago, I was like, hey, today is National Bible Day. Bring your Bible to school and read it. And they're like, oh, you can't do that. And that's what everybody say. Everybody will get on TV and say that and all that stuff. And the news will say that. The thing is, they need to learn to read. Just like the word of God, you got to read the laws. It's not illegal. You just can't go there propagating. But guess what? As soon as somebody asks you, what book is you reading? Oh, ooh. oh my good Florida just came out of me. What book is you reading? <laughs> yeah, there's some Albany and, 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 and uh, Pompano and Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. What book are you reading? And you can say, I'm reading the Bible. Well, what is that about? You can talk all day after that. Now, you can't beat them over the head with it, and that's why they ain't coming to your school, your lunch Bible study. But we have a rule of law, and as long as the rule of law isn't adverse to the witnessing of the gospel, hallelujah, to the spiritual man, the physical man, the, 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 the socioeconomic man, hey, guess what? We want to make sure that we are mindful of the principalities and powers and to obey the magistrates, hallelujah. Paul strongly encouraged the church to work mildly in the kingdom as the best employees, as the best business partner, as the best business owner. This is where it reads, to be ready to every good work. To be the best supervisor, to be the best squad leader, to be the best electrician, to be the best airplane manufacturer, to be the best of whatever you do. Because when people look at you, they don't just see Dr. Reverend Sergeant Parks. They see Jesus Christ because they know that he goes to Life United Pentecostal over on 1301 Pippin Street. And he also represents his pastor. And we want to make sure that we're doing that because we would get an opportunity that would lead into a chance to witness the gospel of truth. So guess what? So they would not be what? Be deceived. All right, now we're going to two. Two, we um, are to, and there's uh, um, um, the second verse, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Paul tells Titus to call all men and women to be upstanding saints. Upstanding saints. To be, to not be quarrelsome, and to exemplify humility. Yeah, it's just funny. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, when you hear somebody say how humble they are, 
They're the absolute opposite. I just learned that in the army. Whenever the army, whenever the army, they have, the, they have these little graduating classes, right? And when you make sergeant, your first hard rank to make people do push-ups, unless you're part of the Specfo Mafia, which that's pretty much not defunct right now, but and corporals, <laughs> I'd be scared of corporals. But <laughs> but but they used to send us to a school back in the day called Primary Leadership Development Course (PLDC). That's right. When I got there, I'm like, none of these people are leaders. All I, they, they, <laughs> they told us supply and service, and that was great. But I was like, it didn't sound like what it was. Now, we learned some combat stuff at the end. And then when our Iraq happened in Afghanistan, they called it the Warriors Leader Corps, right? And I went there, and uh, no, matter of fact, it, it was a, more of a combat course when I went the first time, right? Then when they changed it to the Warriors Course after September 11th, it was called, it was called the Warriors Course. But when I had guys go to it and graduate, they would come back and all they did was, you know, like the uh, um, um, learn how to change tires, all this stuff. Not that you're not a warrior doing that. We have warriors doing all that. But I was like, I was like, all right, whatever the army names something, that's not what it is. I'll let that teach them the opposite. You know, it's like every time. But the same thing, the word says that so as a man thinks in his mind, so is he. That's what he wants to be. But with us, with the church, with the Holy Ghost, when we speak these things, we want to look at ourselves in a mirror. You know, as the word says, David said, when you look into that water and you walk away, you forget what man you were or what woman you were. We have to let, we don't have that mirror to reflect it, so guess who our mirror is? Our mirror is Jesus Christ. Our mirror is our prayer. Our mirror is that the Lord smokes me when I go off on somebody at work or at church or at home. And I have to submit myself unto the Lord first and be like, Lord, I have to go back and fix this and go back and apologize. And sometimes people will say, I didn't even notice that. But it's okay. Well, I did. I felt it. I knew what I was thinking. So here I am. I'm humbling myself because I was hardy before. So now I got to come back and grovel to ask for your forgiveness. <laughs> and you don't necessarily have to grovel, but we want to be able to be corrected. Also, we got the saints to reflect this. Because the saints, a lot of times, you're going to have a saint that's going to tell you the truth. But be gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. So we continue, preferring your brother and sister over yourself. That's the Bible right there. I also continue with show balance, sturdiness, and strength through your calculated demeanor. Calculate. That means think first, speak last. I have a hard time with that. So a lot of times you ask me something, and the next thing you know, I pause. And I'm looking into my brain, left, right, or left, left. Up, I mean, upper left, upper right. And I say, let me get back with you. And sometimes you might get, if it's something, sometimes, you know, let me pray on it. Because it may be something that has a prayer nature to it, you know. So, um, I, and I, oh, I'll call you back to get more information. All right, so calculated demeanor and not through the force of your machismo or machismo for the ladies. There's a great thing to be a tough American male and all that. Or a woman who exemplifies power and strength. But do not be deceived by the world thinking that a woman's power only comes by a position that she holds at her job. 
or, or, or she has the attitude of a drill sergeant. Or that I see in, when I was in the military, me and my wife, um, a job that my wife had, we had a young lady that used to come see us. She was an E7. And man, she was super squared away. But she was like one of the nicest women, most of the most, most and, it, and it, I actually worked with her because her husband was my first sergeant. She ended up coming to our battalion. But um, sometime later. Um, but the amazing thing is that she was like the most respectful, most honest, most demure person you ever meet. But when it came to work, this woman got work done. And I never heard her yell once. You know, the thing is, we can't take what the world has and try to put that on because it's a facade. It's a farce. We have to do what the Lord wants us to do. You never seen Jesus running around making people do push-ups. Now, Peter, he did that. But Jesus did. That's what my wife always said. I'm more like Peter. Cutting people's ears off and stuff. But today, I want the Lord to put your ear back on. So that you would be able to hear the spirit, hear the spirit of the Lord saying to each and every one of us. So that we may be able to walk in true light. Walk in true faith. Walk it out in our life. Where people see us. And I'm not going to mention your name. But those of us who sit here. Who've had many people. Single digits. Double digits. Some possibly getting to triple digits. Of people that you have invited to this church. And many have come. A few have received the Holy Ghost. And the gift. But many are still here today. Hallelujah. Oh hallelujah. And I know this is more like a teaching. It's not like a jump up and down and shout. But I just want us to take something in. I want to prepare us today for something. Because the Lord's about to bring something powerful. We're going to a new place, a new stage. I felt this when pastors started preaching revelations, teaching revelation, so we'd have a better understanding, better insight. The Bible tells us, get wisdom and quick wisdom, get understanding. That's what we need. That's what the world is missing. That's why we have so many issues doing the right thing. In the legal aspect for city, local, states, that's why, unfortunately, we have these shootings. That's why, unfortunately, we have all these accidents. Because people just don't care. They're thinking about themselves. But we got to think with God. I always told my guys, especially after I got the Holy Ghost. I remember going to Kosovo. I didn't even have the Holy Ghost. And I told my guys, I was like, we ask questions and then shoot. I was like, and we're going to be, and we are going to be taken care of. Now, my wife, she had just, she had just came to the Lord about that time. But she grew up in church. But she wasn't even filled with the Holy Ghost until later in life. But I tell you this, every time I went to Afghanistan, every time I went to Iraq, I said, we don't just start blazing on things just because we get a reaction. We don't know what's going on. You know what's going on before, just as we should, with the things of God. <laughs> the Word tells us to, um, um, um. Um, speak slow, think fast. Well, sort of speak. <laughs> slow to speak, that's right. So we want to, yeah. So uh, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. For what he's doing and teaching us this year. All right, three. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, Deceived, which the title of this is what? Be not deceived. But it says, for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient. That's me. Deceived. 
serving diverse lusts and pleasures. Man, I can pick a couple out of here. Living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. There are many men and women who are nice as all get out. I mean, they're like, like you meet people that's like, like Mr. Rogers. So, I mean, I'm sorry, Thomas, you might not know me. <laughs> But he said, won't you be my neighbor? Now, so what I hear is that he was a big-time Christian. I don't know. He never said this really out of his mouth. That I know. They had a movie about him. I don't, I didn't see no movies or anything. But this is just what I read in the newspaper when he passed. And when they had the movie about him, I went to read the review. They say he was a pretty much an undercover Christian. Which, I, I say this. Sometimes you got to be undercover. Sometimes you got to be undercover. And when I say this, you go in and do your job. And when I say undercover, that means I don't have to go to work and tell everybody, oh, praise the Lord, I'm the family pastor at Life United Pentecostal Church. Here's my call. I'm here to make sure that everything in this county goes well now. But when I get there, I do everything where when I was a drill sergeant, once the privates got bold enough, they would come to me after about four weeks and they'd send the PG and he'd come in there and be like, Dress our money with um, permission to speak, and I'd be like, what in the world do you want, Private? And they'd be like, um, we have a personal question. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to even go there. But, but then they'd ask, the soldiers are wondering if, if, if you are a man of God or, or a minister of the cloth, which I never knew what that meant. <laughs> yeah, minister of the cloth. Reverend Paul, you have to teach me about that one. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Or, or, or some type of deacon or something. Now me, I was new to the faith. And I was raised in Roman Catholicism. So when they called me a deacon, I was hot. Because <laughs> all I ever seen about deacons was bad thing. All you hear about them anyway. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and the jokes with all my friends when I go to church with them in high school. But the amazing thing is we want to be upstanding men and women of God. I didn't have to tell these soldiers. But the great thing is I had an opportunity at the end of cycle training at their being school they're doing their last field problem. And we had a soldier that completely tore up his ACL as it appeared. I mean, his knee was swollen. And this soldier was in another platoon. And he told, asked his drill sergeant, well, I've seen the drill so he could talk to me. And he was like, you know, he told the PG him up to him. He was like, Private such and such from this platoon wants to see you. He's injured. I went over and he was like, drill sergeant, Monday. He was like, I know that a lot of privates hate you. And I was always getting reported for abusing soldiers. <laughs> or so they say. I mean, I, I was reported for punching soldiers and stuff. And I was like, what in the world? Soldiers were writing reports and stuff. Someone would collude. And, and even other drill sergeant, they were like, Bro, you know, back. Drill sergeant small. I remember he said, I know we call you Reverend and everything. He's like, man, why do these soldiers hate you so much? I was like, because I have a standard, and we're at war. It was 2005. We're at war, and I don't want anybody going to Iraq or Afghanistan thinking that they could not be at their top game. And the Lord has a standard. I was like, the army, just like the Lord, accepts them as they are. Come on in. But guess what? Just like the Lord, the army expects change. They want you to go ahead and trim up, slim up. The smaller guys, he wants you to bulk up, get some muscle. 
Get some Holy Ghost muscle in your life. That means you got to be here at the gym on Sunday. That means you got to be working out on Tuesday. That means you got to go ahead and wake up in the morning and pray before you go to work Monday through Sunday. That means you got to go ahead and get a part of the ministry. Help serve some coffee. Help to answer a door. Help to make some calls. Help to work with CIA. You got to walk along with God's people. Be a servant of God and not be deceived by the things of this world. Just because somebody said the cats and dogs and goats, they feed the homeless. They're sitting up here and they're, they're, they're taking a, um, I mean, they're housing the homeless, feeding the hungry. But then the next thing you know, somebody gets shot incidentally and they're like, yep, they deserved it. Even when somebody's doing wrong, my heart just cries out. I mean, I know a young woman that whenever one of these big actors died in something, you know, like when Tupac died, I came home, I was, this is what I was talking about at the beginning. Somebody I know was, they were crying, they was like, this is a soul that is lost, you know? And I laughed. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this dude led a violent life. You know, like the Bible even says that. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. And that may be true. But that don't mean that we have to like it, but that's the laws of the land. That's the gravity that we have after sin. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We are not stating anyone is a fool when it reads um, where it says sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived. And there are some out there. But I am sure we are talking about those of us that have been taught and know better to do better, but don't. We need to be trained, because we have been trained, we have been taught, we have been prayed for, we have been delivered. And then we let the charge right back, head first, right into the mess that we were in. Well, praise the Lord, as I close, and you can stand. In the closing, I want to read this to us. Titus 4 through 7, the last three. Because this is my closing. And it parallels with Corinthians Chapter 6, verse 11 through 12. So I'm going to read both of them real quickly. But after that, the kindness and love of our God, Savior, toward man appeared. This is Christ's coming. Not by the works of righteousness, which we have done. We didn't already tried that. When I was outside this church, I already tried that. Before I was living for the Lord, my first 34 years of my life, Everybody was like, man, Mundo's a pretty good guy. You know, he always volunteers. I did a lot of volunteering when I was in the Army at different things. You know, I always volunteered for things in the Army, but things outside also working within the community. When I was in school, I tried to be active in doing things for the community. You know, you can ask my wife now, I still stop people up when it's raining on the highway and people be dirty, filthy, walking out of the interstate or something. I'll pull over and pick them up and say, where are you going? If I'm able to, you know. Which one time my sister, I was talking to her, she was like, don't get killed, I'll call you back. <laughs> but the amazing thing is, this man, this elder man got in the car, and I was driving down Highway 17, and he just told me. We started talking as I asked about him, and he told me he was thinking about killing himself. That he was worthless. That he had separated from his family, from his wife. That he grew up in church as a young man, but went to the Marines and got into a whole bunch of things he shouldn't have. Got out the Marines and got caught up in drugs, him and his wife. 
but his wife got off and his kids. He can't even talk to his grandchildren because his daughter went to see him. He's from up north. People need Jesus. And we're here to bring him Jesus and introduce Jesus to him. And it continues, but after the kindness and love of our God, Savior toward man appeared. Not by the works of righteousness what we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs. We're heirs, y'all, according to the hope, according to the hope of eternal life. And 1 Corinthians read 6, 11 through 12. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and the Spirit of our God. Six were baptized yesterday. It was six or seven. Six. Six were baptized yesterday. Four received the gift of the Holy Ghost. The infilling with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. And we want to pray for them. And 12, all things are lawful unto me. But all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me. But I will not be brought under the power of any. Saints, we have to be prayed up. We have to be ready. Because the war is not coming. The war is already here if you ain't noticed. So you better go ahead and put on your battle gear. Get teamed up as David was with Jonathan. Get your battle buddy. And get back to back and start firing back. Anytime the Bible reference, Jesus said that the gates of hell should not prevail. That's what we call in the army is a raid. That means they pick the destination, which the enemy did, and that's hell. And we pick the time to attack. And so today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of attack. Today is the day of the rain to go to hell, pull our children out, pull our neighbors out, pull our worst enemy out. Because the Lord is here for us not to be deceived and for us to march on. This altar is open. If you have a loved one that you need to pray for, if you have a neighbor that you want to lift up to the Lord, I want us to come up here and we're just going to pray for two or three minutes. And I want us to go ahead and just, just go before the Lord. Just lift up our hearts. Just cry out. If we're in need of something from the Lord, just let our petition be known. That's what it reads in Ephesians. Hallelujah. We want the Lord, hallelujah, to hear us in all we do. And last night, everybody, I gave them a, a homework assignment. I gave them a, a school assignment, a church assignment. I told them, I'm like, go home and spend 15 minutes. And I'm going to ask the same thing today. 15 minutes praying for at a minimum, one of your loved ones, a neighbor, or somebody that needs what you have, or yourself, what you are going to receive in faith. And spend another 15 minutes, I mean, not another, but in that 15 minutes, pray for somebody, pray for this service today, that when Dr. Bonnie Marshall comes, that the presence of the Lord, hallelujah, that is being released right now, continues, multi-fold, hallelujah, that he may be able to bring more into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we are thankful, Lord. Thankful that you have given us the opportunity to come here, Lord, to this altar, to this church, Lord Jesus, to worship your holy name, Lord Jesus, to lift you up, Lord, to minister to one another, Lord. We are so thankful, Lord Jesus.
said. And we want to live, preach, and teach all the same. And we want to continue to walk out in our faith because it doesn't end there. But Lord, I pray, Lord, for all of our family that do not know you, that they heard of you. They may be a witness somewhat of some of the things that you have done for others, but I want them to have it for themselves, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. We worship you. We glorify you. We lift you up. And we pray for you to move in this place today, Lord Jesus. Let